Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing Consultant Podcast. I'm going to call this one Series 3, Episode 1. If Series 1 is lecture style, Series 2 is going to be interviews, Series 3, I'm going to talk about what I did on the water that day, and today was awesome. I had to get up early as it was daylight savings, so spring forward, fall backwards. So we sprung forward, uh, lost an hour's sleep, and I was at the parking lot at about 740 and it was cold, um, sun still below the trees, and uh, Will got there just on time. Um, he was in a rush to learn how to use his fly fishing equipment. He's having hand surgery in his dominant hand for uh, a tendon, and he's not going to be able to fish for a while. So we got him out there for two hours, and uh, you know, recently we had four inches of rain, and this is a tailwater where the water flows over the top. It's Holmes Run, which comes out of Lake Barcroft in Fairfax County, Virginia. It's about 10 miles due south of Washington, D.C. for reference. So four inches of rain, uh, everything is blown out right now. The Potomac's at flood stage. Uh, this water was coming over the dam on Friday like gangbusters. Drove past it yesterday morning, and um, it was just doing its normal trickle down. However, uh, when I got there this morning, it was very off color from all the 
sediment that was washed in. So um, normally a, a stream that's quite dark on the bottom due to the heavy amounts of algae that grow, um, it was like fishing in chocolate milk. So uh, we go to the first crossing and uh, Will starts showing me his casting. He's pretty rusty. He's only you know picked up his rod once or twice. Lives in a great place to fly fish, but doesn't do it that, that often. And uh, he starts casting. And after, you know, 15, 20 minutes, he's throwing 30-foot roll casts and 30-foot uh, overhand casts. Eh, maybe the roll casts weren't that long. Tight quarters, it looks longer. Um, we lost a couple flies in the trees. We're fishing chartreuse woolly buggers today. As I said, the water is usually pretty dark, and don't, we can't see the flies in there. So maybe the fish can't either. So chartreuse usually stands out against the back. And... We lost a couple of those, uh, switched off to uh, just a little brown beadhead woolly bugger. Will's more interested in just casting. So uh, as he's casting, you know, I'm looking off. The, the sun's coming up. It's starting to warm up. We got planes flying over on a bluebird day. There's chickadees everywhere. Turn around and look at the little uh, pool behind us, and there's scuds just swimming lazily back and forth. And that pool was gin cleared because uh, I guess it was from some runoff and whatever mud in there had settled already so you could actually see scuds just swimming around in three four inches of water so pointed will towards that he thought it was pretty cool he don't think he'd ever seen freshwater shrimp before and especially in such a suburban area um, you know we are fishing in the shadows of like an eight-story mega condo complex or apartment building um, so he's casting throwing his stuff out towards the far bank and all of a sudden his line goes taut Will uh, starts reeling in the fish, and lo and behold, he's got a, a nice 8-9 inch rainbow trout. Um, took the little brown woolly bugger pattern, and uh, that fish was on its way, so he sent out some nice pictures, and moved on to the next hole. Uh, next hole uh, is where, if you follow me on Twitter, um, I had gone in about three weeks ago and dammed up the front section of the hole to concentrate the water going in one section to oxygenate it get some turbulence and then I had dammed up the back section with some gigantic cinder block sized boulders um, tree stumps logs bricks trees debris and for a couple weeks it made that hole about two feet deeper my hope is that the trout in there could find enough shade and the water might stay cool enough and oxygenated enough that they might last longer in the season being that these are stock trout once that water gets into 60s degrees they're not gonna enough oxygen in there for them to breathe and they're gonna expire if they're not dead from natural causes of predators or poachers. So we get down there and uh, the front of it is just completely blown out. It's, it's gone back to normal. I look down to the, the tail of the pool. The dam's gone. You just see a couple of those giant boulders sticking out. However, there were um, huge boulders that had fallen in. Part of the, uh, the side curve of the hole had actually caved in and um, created some more structure. So I was showing Will how these fish are going to line up and there's a distinct bubble line coming in and um, we cast back and forth and swung the fly we did some nymphing through there and no luck and after two hours we'll had a, to get going um, you know we moved to probably fish about a quarter mile of the stream by then it's getting nice and warm we're wearing waders just for protection it's still pretty muddy back there so I think he had a good time um, you know one rainbow trout caught in the first 45 minutes um, I think he said I could quote him. It was the first fish he ever caught on a fly rod. So you can look for those pictures on uh, my website later and on the blog if I get around to posting that tonight.
And then um, at about, we started at 8, about 10, 15, we finished up and went back to my car to try and warm up. Um, I'm reading a little bit non-scientific stuff right now, so I've got To Kill a Mockingbird, one of the classics I've ever read in school. So I'm in my folding chair, just sitting in the sunshine, warming up, getting my gear together for Ben, my next client, who's uh, four hours uh, worth of fly fishing. So Ben shows up. He, uh, too, has got a fly rod, never really used it before. It was a seven-piece March Brown, rather stiff. So we did the 101. We started off with putting the pieces together. With multi-piece rods, you want to rotate those at a 90 degrees down. We uh, built him a leader, showed him how to string his rod, showed him the knots required. So we started perfection loop for 30 pound to his mono loop on the line. And then about 12 pound mono and then just eight piece mono. This water is brown today. It doesn't matter what mono we're using. These fish can't see it. And we already proved this morning we could catch a fish with heavy tippet. So we go through that, um, bring Ben down there. I threw him in a pair of waders because with four hours, we were going to go a lot farther than we did with Will, get into some deeper water, some mud, um, crossing stream. So uh, we get down there, and of course, that first hole where Will had caught his fish, which is usually where I have people warm up. There's two guys in there with uh, worms, uh, which is illegal on the stream, but I didn't want to approach them about it, so uh, kind of let them go as they saw me at my car. You know, you never know when someone's going to bash your car or something. You know, I'm a little paranoid, but I've had my car broken into before. I had a fishing spot, so I let it go. They weren't catching anything anyway. So we go to the uh, first hole, past that, which is where I did the stream work, and um, flipped over some rocks, found, uh, and I brought a, an aquarium net with me, because Ben wanted to learn trout stream tactics. So we flipped over some rocks immediately. We started getting some caddis flies. So we took out the caddis flies um, from the net, put them on my palm, and then we went through my fly boxes and pulled out caddis flies to show them what the, the nymphs would look like and then showed them what an adult would look like. We did see one adult caddis fly all day, which was nice. Um, you know, we worked that hole back and forth for 10, 15 minutes and, and nothing. So we went downstream, and then I showed him how to do a send sample where you put the net in the water and basically just kick up all the rocks. We chose a highly oxygenated ripple because the bugs like the oxygen, and uh, we're doing this, and it's turned into a beautiful day. The sun's coming through, the rhododendrons and mountain laurels, and uh, there's his birds, there's downy woodpeckers, there's robins, there's cardinals. Uh, we look up at one point, and there's a raven or crow chasing a hawk. It was just, I mean, for suburbia, this is pretty cool. So uh, we get a bunch of crest bugs. We get a bunch of scuds. So we take those out and put them in our palms and go through the fly boxes and show them a little holy grail pattern that's kind of creamish gray that works for a scud and showed them some of Coburn's crest bugs that I had and uh, went on our way and uh, doing fine so far. He is learning how to read water. We're doing the head of the pool, riffles, runs, tail of the pool, sides of the pool, different anatomical parts, where the fish are going to be, why they're going to be there, uh, based on the weather, conditions, how deep the water is. So he's getting the whole just spiel on where these trout are going to be and why. And hopefully when he throws his fly in there, there's going to be fish. So we go down to what I call the triangle rock hole. There's a, a long triangle that sticks out of the water. Um, it's just a big slate of rock. And he's standing in the water. I'm chowing on ranch sunflower seeds and explaining that there's a big boulder to his left and a triangle rock to the right, and the water's forced between them, which accelerates it. 
It's causing turbulence, more oxygen. The fish are going to be on the seams, either left or right. So he throws his cast down and, and nothing after a couple of casts. And all of a sudden, that line goes tight and he starts fighting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, you know, if Will's fish was the stereotypical hatchery rainbow trout, it's pretty beat up. It's got nubby fins, not a lot of color. This thing could have been a wild trout anywhere. It had perfect fins. It had turquoise bands down the side with a pink hue over its lateral line. There was no bruising or scars on the nose where this fish had rubbed up against concrete. The peck fins were intact. So we get that fish in, and we're looking at it, wetting our hands, taking pictures. He is stoked. And I, I think I'm more excited than he is. Um, based on those conditions of that water being chocolate milk, a couple days after one of the biggest storms we've had in a long time, and he absolutely destroyed that fish on that chartreuse bugger. But I explained to him that chartreuse bugger's weighted. It's got wire-wrapped shank it's got a tungsten bead head and then the body is a crystal estaz it has chartreuse zonka strip tail and it's got slapping um, or hackle so the fish aren't going to hold and see it but they're actually going to feel it swim by that lateral line i just mentioned so uh, we worked that for a couple more times he gets about two more tugs on his line we decide to move on um, go down to the next hole and start uh, working on double hauling i figure he's already got his roll cast and his single overhand cast down uh, we've got plenty of space so we start throwing some line he's chucking it back and forth we switch up to a hopper dropper nymph hoping something's going to take that no luck by now we've already passed like three anglers so far that morning so you know it's 58 degrees and everyone's waking up in northern virginia and decided i guess they didn't want to watch the caps game which they won eight in a row now um so everyone's out and about you got dog walkers you got people just jogging bicyclists we even passed one guy with a fly rod on his bike which i haven't seen in a long time anyway uh, we don't get anything out of this hole it's that's a long one it's got a huge rock wall on one side with houses up top the water is just really slow there's a lot of branches stuck in there from the flood uh, i usually call this the beer can hole because if you look up in one of the trees about two and a half stories there's beer cans hanging from strings like the old pop top kinds i don't know how they got up there don't know when I noticed them, but I call it the, the beer can hole. We move on from there, and we hear the sound after we go to the next crossing. And you know, I honestly said, dude, I've been out in the woods for a long time. And I've never heard this sound. It sounded like chickens or something, um, like a duck in distress, and he thinks it's turkeys. So we start creeping up, and all of a sudden, it starts getting quiet. I'm like, all right, this is really weird. We come up to a, a little pond that was formed by the floods and all of a sudden we start seeing frogs in there it was a whole bunch of pickerel frogs that were mating so i took out my net and we caught a couple and i showed him the frogs um, some of them the males were attached to the females the females were just gravid i mean it looked like they had balloons on each side of them where all the eggs were we take a closer look in the water full of eggs so i explained to him this is a vernal pool which i talked about in my last podcast annual periodicity um, it's a pool that fills up in spring and everything races there 
frogs, toads, salamanders, newts, and they're all going to lay their eggs and hopefully things are going to hatch and eat whatever algae and insects are in there before it dries up. They have a limited amount of time before that pool dries up, so they got to emerge and get out. Um, amphibian means double life, so we got the life in the aquatic and the life as the adult on land. Kind of relates to some of our fly fishing bugs. So we're totally stoked now. We've caught bugs. We've uh, got scuds. We've got uh, crest bugs. We've got caddis flies. Amazingly, no stone flies or mayflies um, indicator of stream quality as they're the proverbial uh, canary in the coal mine for trout streams. So we're catching frogs. We pause. They start coming out and chirping again, and it's almost deafening at this pool. Um, we just sat there for a couple minutes taking pictures, looking at them, just admiring them. Um, you know, where I grew up, it was all bullfrogs, green frogs, uh, toads, American toads, Bufo americanus and uh, spring peepers. I'm not used to pickerel frogs, so that's why that sound didn't register. He thought it was turkeys. I was clueless. So uh, from there, we take two steps to the left, and there's a deer leg that's gnawed to the bone just in the middle of this field. So that was kind of curious. Maybe coyotes drag it there. Who knows? Uh, we start working this long hole. I mean, we're out in the sunshine. It's beautiful. Bluebird sky. Taking off our layers, stuffing them in my bag. I'm fleeces off I'm getting the Sun on me charging my solar batteries like I'm a lizard we are just having a blast we've probably walked a mile now move on to the next hole which I call the bamboo hole because there's in these brown woods all of a sudden you get this huge bamboo thicket um, the water dumps in from this little waterfall that's about two feet wide and then this hole spreads out and uh, we get two tugs on the line um, we're, we're stripping that big stream we're in it's you know shoulder deep if you went in there it's deep water so He's working that fly, and then I'm um, like, all right, let's go to the next hole, which is adjacent to it, where it opens up. Call that the fire hydrant hole. Um, on the beach, there is a fire hydrant that's taller than me sticking out of the ground. It's very odd. Um, there's a guy there. He's sitting in a lawn chair with a spinnerbait. Says he caught two brown trout, and we didn't want to encroach, so go down to the sewer hole. Um, and I don't think anybody else has names for these, but I'm there enough that I've developed my own names for them. Um, sewer hall. There's a sewer that goes in there. It stinks like poop, but uh, there's a huge concrete structure and the water scoured out along the concrete a couple feet deep. There's trout in there. So we're on top of it, dapping the fly in and nothing. So we move down. Um, this is the farthest I've gotten all season. Most clients are two to three hours here. So he's got four hours. So we're just going to keep going. This stream goes from Columbia Pike to Beauregard. And Beauregard uh, parallels 395, if you're familiar with D.C. Um, 395 breaks between 95 and Washington, D.C. Okay, so um, we're past the, the, the pools and tennis courts that are all dilapidated and uh, pocket water now. So I explained to him that normal circumstances, a wild trout stream, if these fish were here year-round, all these little pockets between the boulders, and pipe sticking out would hold fish, but it's pretty shallow. It's exposed. These trout probably aren't going to hide there. So we kind of sniff around, toss a fly, nothing. Get to this next hole that, I mean, it just screams fish. You've got scoured out bank and these tree root. I mean, it looks like a beaver pond dam and house just all in one. There's Dr. Jones barking. All right, so. Um, we throw in the flies and all of a sudden I look up. I think it's a pterodactyl. It's a pileated woodpecker like Woody the woodpecker They've got 
like huge wingspans and that huge tuft of red on their head. And it's this white tree in a stand of just bleach bone colored trees against that blue sky. And uh, hopefully my pictures come out before I'm saying I need my macro lens for the bugs. Now I need my telephoto for this bird. I hadn't seen a pileated woodpecker in years. I mean, they look like pterodactyls with tomahawk heads. And it's actually, it's nest. So we're watching it, you know, kind of just making this loud noise and then going in this hole. I mean, that thing is big. I mean, as big as Dr. Jones, maybe, if he had wings. So we keep working down and there's no fish. And by now it's uh, it's getting kind of late in the afternoon. Uh, Ben's got to get back to his office. Um, he says he's going to be there all afternoon. So I try to take him out, you know, distract him for the rest of his day. We go another 100 yards down. Um, ends up there's a guy tossing a stick to his dog. So that kind of ruined the next hole for us. So we uh, decide to walk back. We've got about 15 minutes until his time's up. So I want to race him back up. We take a couple stops. There's some nice riffles. We start kicking over the rocks in them with the net, and we're starting to pull out not only the crest bugs and scuds. Um, Ben's starting to say, hey, there's a caddis fly there. He's starting to recognize them. He's like, that's the scud. So um, in you know a couple hours, he went from not knowing too much about the biodiversity of the stream so he's exposed to all these birds in the air. Now he's getting exposed. He can identify caddisfly, the hydrocyche, um, the green uh, little net spinners, um, scuds, and uh, crest bugs. All of a sudden, we start getting into some helgramites, uh, pretty small ones, about two and a half inches long. So, uh, and the whole time, I've also got my uh, Peterson guide of bugs. So we're taking that out along the stream bank. And uh, before, and I was showing him. The nymphs, I'm also taking out uh, elk hair caddis and showing the adult next to the picture of the caddis. Taking out the page on halgrimites and showing them the dobson flies, adults um, with the giant mandibles. Showing them the, the larvae that we were pulling out. But still no stoneflies or mayflies. Kind of curious, I used to see them there. But if there's halgrimites, hopefully that's a good sign. And the amount of shrimp we're seeing, you just look down and they're swimming around. So uh, to wrap this up, we start heading back. Um, it's nonstop birds of woodpeckers and cardinals and robins and just everything's out and about. The chickadees. Um, beautiful day, you know, in six hours of fishing, two trout landed, a bunch more bit. We're having a blast. It's the first warm Sunday of the season. And uh, I know hopefully my enthusiasm, you know, shared with you. I just thought it was an awesome day. And uh, I'm going to go throw some pictures online and then. Uh, my wife braised some, some steaks, so I'm going to have some killer dinner. So, cheers. Thanks for downloading.